This is the Let's Get Real Estate Show with your host, Danielle Chason. Full-time investor, strategic consultant, motivational coach, sought-after speaker, and host of your number one real estate investing show, Let's Get Real Estate, where real people are doing real estate. Hi, I'm Susan White Livermore, and on this episode of Let's Get Real Estate, we talk about mistakes and how those mistakes actually build confidence so you can become a bigger and better version of your real estate self. Um, So I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody, it's Danielle Chason here with the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. I'm your host and happy to be bringing to you today, Susan White Livermore to the show. Hey, Susan, how's it going? (laughs) It's good. Thanks for having me. I um, wanted to bring you on today and share your story with everybody in the audience, because I think it's a really, really kind of cool story and how at the core of everything you've done, it just always keeps coming back to mindset. So you and I have talked a lot. um, And every time we talk, it always just goes right back to mindset. And like you, I firmly believe that that is what drives everything when we're uh, in business in order to be successful. So before we move forward, though, can you introduce yourself real quick to the audience? Uh, maybe a little bit about who you are, where you're located, what your primary real estate focus is, um, and maybe, you know, how many assets you manage, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, so I am located in Barrie, and the majority of my assets are here in Barrie. I, my bread and butter for the last mm, eight years or so has been building legalized suites in the Burr method. So buy it, renovate it into the legal suite, rent it, refinance it. Um, I have done a ton of them here in Barrie uh, for myself and for investors. And I did, I actually started doing them in Calgary in 2012. So um, that was where I first started doing them. Uh, But I've done everything from student property. I started in student properties. I did rent to own. I've done a ton of wholesale. Um, over the last two years, I've done flips just because the market has been so crazy. And I, I, I know you know this, but when the market changes the way it has, you, you've got to change with it. And it's um, so the, the strategy that I've been using, building legal suites, hasn't really worked here in Barrie. So I've been forced to look at other options and I bought into some apartment buildings and I did some wholesale Um and then I did spent the last year doing a lot of refinance, take, getting ac- access to some money so that I could get into the cottage world, into the Airbnb world. So that's kind of uh, everything I've been working on over the last little bit and what I've been up to. How many units? It's constantly fluctuating. If I don't know. Um, I've done over 100 properties at this point. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. So. With um, with your real estate journey, when did you start? How long have you been doing it? I started in 2006. Um, do you want that, that whole story, how I got involved? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my inspiration was actually my 20-year-old, 20-year-old brother. He was in second year university when he decided to buy a house. And I remember thinking at the time, okay, kid, you've got no money. You've got your $20,000 in debt. You don't have a job. You have no credit. How are you going to find and buy this property? Um, 
but there was something in his voice and in determination. It wasn't if, it was I am. And he went out, he found an investor. He didn't call it an investor, it was just somebody to buy it and partner with him. They bought the property, he managed it. Uh, the other partner put in the money for it and uh, got the credit, the, the mortgage for it. They owned it for five years. He came out of university. Um, together, they made $100,000 on that property after, after selling it for five years. And I just watched him from afar in awe. Uh, wishing that I had done the same when I had gone to university and decided that, you know, whatever this kid does, I'm going to follow suit. So he sold that property and he bought a property in behind Georgian College, brand new property, uh, calls me up and said, ah, I just bought this property. I'm going to flip it into, I'm going to make it into a, a student residence because it was right behind Georgian. And I was living at Milton at the time and no research, no nothing. I literally just went and picked my own house out and um, really went fly by the seat of your pants with the very first one. So after that, we bought a second one, but six months later, filled them really easy. It got boring, did a little stock market, stock market crashed. And I looked at this real estate investing thought, you know what, I kind of like how boring it is and how reliable it is. And even though the, the market had gone flat at the time, um, I was still getting cash flow and I was still getting mortgage pay down. So to me, it just felt like the safer option. And I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this thing called real estate investing, maybe I should learn a thing or two instead of the fly by seat of my pants kind of that um, way I've been doing. So then I went and educated myself. I spent a lot of money to learn, went to multiple um, events, multiple education things, and dove in and won a ton of awards um, because I found my passion at 35. So it's cool. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that you say that, that you're flying by the seat of your pants with your first property, because I think we all kind of do. Like, we don't, know everything that there is to know in real estate when we start investing in real estate. And so we kind of dive in your first property. I've always said this on the show. And for most of my guests, it's always proven to be true. First property is your worst investment or method of investment. It's like the worst producing income investment. And it's so funny because um, everybody says, oh, well, had I known I would have never bought that one. Yeah. But that's the one that got you started yeah. and that's okay. So yeah. what I love you said too, is that, um, during the turn in 07, 08 into 09, you were still able to have a cash flowing property that was paying down the mortgage principal and also uh, not necessarily appreciating over that time frame, but definitely came back. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to note that it's not recession proof. So anybody who might be new and listening to the show, it's not recession proof and it's not any guarantee to be in real estate. However, if you're in for the long term and you're able to make sure that you have cash flow in your property, then you should be able to weather any storm and ride out that storm and That's then come out, come out better on the other end. Yeah. So now you're doing conversions. You did conversions in Alberta. Um, you, you've done them here. You've worked a lot with partners. 
What would you say is the biggest thing that you've done with mindset though, in order to have nerves of steel to weather those turns in the economy, especially like a lot of people just walked away in 07, 08, 09, never came back to real estate. They're like, Hey, it doesn't work. Or they weren't able to deal with the emotional highs and lows. Same with, you know, in the financial markets. So they just rather throw their money under, under the mattress or keep it at the bank for, you know, less than a percent. Uh, interest, which doesn't keep up to inflation as we know. So what would you say was the biggest thing that you were able to do and fortify yourself mentally? To be honest, the biggest mistakes I made. (laughs) I know that seems strange, but every time I made a, a significant mistake and clearly understood what I did wrong, I was like, okay, you just don't do that again, right? And I had some big ones that um, gave me a lot of confidence in terms of being able to, okay, I, I, I did rent to own and I did, did one that just totally fell apart. I lost a lot of money. I left that more confident than prior because now the what could go wrong was no longer an unknown. And I find when it's an unknown, people are really afraid. But when you understand and have gone through and made the mistake and are still standing, um, there's confidence with that. There's um, clarity. There's um, the ability to navigate those bad times and know that you're going to survive. So to me, when the mistakes were happening or the downturn happened and I still made it through, that's where I was getting stronger mentally. Um, I don't know if I answered your question, but that, that to me, those, those tough times were where I was actually developing my, the best mindset. So let's do a case study on that one rent own that you're talking about. And let's talk about the emotions that you went through, maybe the lessons you learned, what the mistakes you made, uh, then that way people in the audience can maybe learn from it and avoid the same mistakes. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I didn't trust myself. Uh, I assumed because I wasn't a, it was maybe my fourth fourth or fifth, maybe, I don't know, um, property. I think it was my second rent to own and I didn't trust myself yet. So I had relied on somebody else's determination that the candidates that we had chosen, that were chosen, brought to my attention were good candidates. Um, And this house, we literally did everything wrong. We bought the wrong house in the wrong location. I had the wrong tenants there. I was in the wrong city. So I literally did everything wrong. Um, I, so, and it started with me not trusting myself. What I should have done rather than relying on the person that brought me the deal and the realtor that was involved in this deal, rather than uh, relying on their expertise, I should have met the tenant buyers myself. And I didn't. I just trust that they had done their own due diligence and their due diligence is better than my due diligence. And it was an eye-opening experience that, wait a second, I come from an HR background. I know how to interview people. And maybe I don't know the real estate investing thing yet, but I know when 
I can see that that somebody's hiding something or something feels off or I, I can look myself. And I actually didn't start to really look at that uh, until after I was in the deal. And then I, as I was looking at the material, the documents that they had sent me, I'm like, there's no way I would have done this deal. Because in my opinion, the people that they had brought me were not meant to be homeowners. They just didn't have that capacity. And no matter what I did, uh, I felt like I was sort of setting them up for failure. Um, so I tried to work with these people as much as I could, but at some point, at, at one point, they were getting behind with their utilities. And I was like, okay, I've got to get with, like have a conversation with them about getting them out the best way I can. So. Um, it was not trusting myself that that was a huge one to start with not doing my own due diligence even if you buy deals like I in the beginning because I had a six-month-old I had a three-year-old and I had a five-year-old so I don't have a lot of time to be finding tenant buyers so I was buying deals off people so I was buying leads um just because you buy the leads, you've got to do your own due diligence on them. And you've got to understand what is required in order to have a good rent-to-own deal. So I learned that, okay, i got to find a great mortgage broker that can go through and dissect and tell me, how long is it going to take me to get these people their own mortgage, right? And, and do that with a conservative eye, right? I needed to know that I was in a market that is going to appreciate. I was not in a good market. And if you, with rent to own, if you're not appreciating, the whole deal is going to fall apart. So you need some expectation of appreciation. Um, and you need to know that these people are going to be able to pay the bills. And it, these people had a history of they do really, really well during the summer and then die off in the winter and really, really well during the summer. And there was no proof that they could get on a plan that would keep them consistent. So um, I learned a lot of little things that I'm like, okay, uh, here's how I would do it go differently going forward, which gave me confidence to do a lot more rentals. And so I guess the lesson here to be had is because what I heard is, you know, you, you had the professionals that you were trusting and when this is an easy, easy mistake to make, and you do have to lean on professionals when you're new in the industry to a certain degree, but I'm always saying trust, but verify. Those are three words that I paid $20,000 for probably one of the best investment I ever made. There's a story behind that, of course, but those three words have seriously carried me through some times when I, and, and, and I was able to uncover something that I might not have found had I just trusted people without verifying them and just say, okay, based on their history and their experience, I should be able to just trust what they put in front of me and move forward with that. And mm -hmm. you're telling me, and I'm sure this isn't the only case over and over again, once you start doing your own due diligence, you start uncovering other things that maybe weren't there. Now, here's what I'm going to say. Most of the time, like these professionals in their opinion, they're giving you their opinion and 
they're not doing this to screw you. Like, no, this is what they, no. yeah, like they honestly believe that they vetted the tenant. They did in their own way and it passed yep. their sniff test, yep. but everybody has their own sniff test. Yeah. And so yep. um, you have to still put people through your own sniff test because everybody and, has a different business model. Yeah, that, and you got to remember at the end of the day, uh, these people want to make a sale. And even if they're, um, consciously they want it to work at the end of the day they're they 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 may lean towards if it's kind of on the fence they may lean towards making it happen because um you know subconsciously they they want to make that sale right so if anyone's selling to you yes they may have your best interest at heart but it is your responsibility to make sure that what they have to say is actually valid and you as you learn to trust people you learn to ask for more and more information to support you learn to learn what what is it that i need in order to build my own confidence okay so you said that give me the document to back that up give me whatever like and expect it and and if they don't pro provide it well that kind of tells you something too the supporting documents is everything. And don't be scared to ask. I think as Canadians, we're just naturally nice people. And so we don't want to ask because it may insult the other person and we don't want to insult anybody, but you know what? It is your job to protect your business. That's your job, not anybody else's. And so asking for supporting documents or asking how they came to that conclusion is completely a fair question. And if anybody does get insulted, I think it's probably not the right professional to be working with. So at the end of the day, that's great advice. So there's the professional and then there's the tenants, same thing. Um, there's the wrong tenants, the wrong house. What do you mean by that? Did you, uh, I was in a market that wasn't growing and wasn't expected to grow. So it's one thing to like there was no projected expected growth in the area. And it's like, why would you even consider going there? But newbie investor didn't know, didn't right. know that that area. And now I know, okay, I don't, what is the province expecting that area to grow over the next five, 10, 15 years? What, uh, you know, are we seeing big businesses move into that, that area? Uh, there's lots of little things that you need to, you can search to find out, to, to determine whether an area is going to grow. And I really only like to be in growth mode, growth areas, but um, you can make a good dollar in areas that aren't growing. It's just not in a rent to own situation. So a lot of us have made mistakes on our first property or two. And a lot of us quit. Mm -hmm. And then there are some of us that look at it and say, that's okay. I'm just going to keep failing forward. Mm -hmm. So how is it, what was it for you that made it able for you to say, that's okay. I'll take this loss. Cause I'll make it back. Like, what was the, what was the factor that kept you going forward in real estate and not just give up? A lot of people give up. I mean, you have a, a big, you know, it, and by the way, going through everything you went through is very, very difficult mentally to go through. Like it's really hard. There's self-doubt. There's, 
you know, um, stress, stress over money, stress over it. Like the phone calls from the tenant saying they're short on this and they can't pay that. And like, there's a lot that happens in the background when you're failing and it's very, very difficult, but how do you get past that and keep going forward? Like, what was it for you that kept you moving? Um, Hmm. I get a little emotional about this. Uh, I was determined to be successful in this business. I, there was something that was driving me to just figure it out. I wasn't going to accept failure. Uh, and I, the way I looked at this, it was $30,000 loss. Let's call a spade a spade. It was a $30,000 loss. I looked at it. Okay. I'm going to treat that as a $30,000 university education that'll probably make me tenfold or more. And as soon as I put it in that context, that was just my dues for my university education. Here's what I learned from it um, and move forward. And so I have adopted that attitude with every failure, like to get in this business and assume you're never going to fail is you're setting yourself up for failure in and of itself, because it's going to happen sooner or later at some point, uh, less maybe if you bring in a coach, um, but there'll be something that's going to happen regardless, something that you just couldn't have planned for. But when you take on the attitude of, of okay, that was my education and don't see it as a failure, it tends to be a lot easier. Um, and it's, um, I, I could just move through it. It, I, it didn't define me. It was like, okay, that's, don't do that again. Let's move forward. And I'm big on, if you make a mistake, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like learn from that mistake. Don't make it in vain because then it is pure pain, right? But if you take that and do something with it, there's always massive piece and I don't say minimal I say massive pieces of gold in those failures they're there for a reason and I take on the attitude that you know what I'm going to accept that that happens so that I don't do something bigger a bigger mistake in the future um so you know when you accept that failure is just going to be part of it I truth be told I actually find failure slightly easier than getting stuck in the unknown what if this happened what if because that can go on forever and you never get started lucky for me I have this attitude lucky or not lucky I have this attitude of I tend to fire 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 aim uh, meaning that I'll take action and then I'll kind of uh, dissect it and, and think oh I really didn't think about that but there's for the most part, once you get the big fundamentals down and buy in the right area, uh, once you learn those basic fundamentals of the buy, almost everything else can be tweaked. So um, there's a lot of confidence in, in just taking action once you know what you're doing in terms of getting the right buy down. Because you can make mistakes in hiring the wrong property manager, hiring the wrong um, contractor, whatever. Those are all written in pencil. They can all be fixed. Technically, you can buy or sell the property as well. Um, but for the most part, I find that uh, 
real estate allows you, provided you're buying in a growing market, real estate allows you to make tweaks without taking it down. Yeah. I think when you, when you change your perspective and that's what you'd said there, which I love. So instead of focusing on all of the failures that you did, you took it and said, okay, that was an, that was a learning lesson. That was my education. And so when you change the perspective on how you're looking at it, I think that's, that's the key right there. And that's the mindset. It's instead of focusing on the failure and going down that deep rabbit, deep, dark rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. uh, you're looking at it going, oh my God, I'm so glad I learned that because now I know what to avoid for next time. And so the perspective is very, very different. And for mindset stuff, like at the end of the day, it always comes back to what you choose to focus your mind on because it's either a positive or a negative. hundred percent. And, um, you focus on the negative, that's all you'll see. But if you focus on the positive, the opportunities that you start to look at and the people you draw into your world, um, and then their ideas to build on whatever you're doing, you know, you can when you think creativity can go either way so your creativity can go into the negative into that downward spiral or that creativity can go into the positive and you can make something that looks really scary into your best opportunity ever so it's all everything comes back to the way you think and the mindset attached to it absolutely i think uh you can relate to this a lot of scary and negative situations that I walk across, I just see opportunity. I go money, money, money. I can make some money here because there's less buyers. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and the competition, the scarier it is, the less competition you're going to have and the more opportunity you have to build it into something amazing. And often that thing that seems really, really scary uh, and how are you going to get through it? When you find a solution through it, it kind of leads you, oftentimes will lead you to sometimes a new business you had never considered before. Like, I really believe when the stuff is super scary, there's something massive ready to explode on the positive side within that world. Always. Yeah. When you get, when you get a breaking point and you can plow through that, when you come out on the other side, it's like, it's like a whole bunch of doors opened up. Like it's absolutely amazing. And a lot of people give up right before they blast through that, that point. Yeah. So you just got to hang on a little longer. An awesome book that I recommend people to understand that concept is uh, by Ryan holiday called um, the obstacle is the way. And it really goes into, you know, something happens in your world and it's an obstacle and then it explodes into the best business you've ever imagined but it, it's scary from the outside looking in. Absolutely. It's it, especially too, when you're in it, it's always scarier when you're in it than when you're on, you know, when you're on the outside and trying to help somebody through it. Cause mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes I find myself there and, and I know the feeling when you're in it. So here's the thing. So now you've been in real estate about 16 years or so you're refining. And I just want to, highlight this too, for people that are new wanting to get into real estate, when you're on your real estate journey, you don't learn on your first one or two properties and that fear disappears. So what I want to touch on is because you're constantly learning, you're constantly doing something else you haven't done. Uh, Even a rookie. 
Yes. Yes. The constant rookie. Um, so what happens is even if you're getting into renovations, like right now I'm doing renovations, I'm doing some stuff that I haven't done before. And I'm like, Oh my God, why? I don't get it. Why is it so hard? I thought I'd figured this out. So you're moving into the vacation rental space and the cottage country space. And so that's new to you. So you just refined, you just took a whole bunch of money, you dumped it into that. And the market has turned, it softened a little bit. <laughs> Rates are going up. We don't know if people are going to be traveling and doing Airbnbs. So tell me about all of that fear that's showing up and how oh, you're managing all of that. I start with my mantra, everything always works out for me. So uh, I do a lot of meditation on these things that start to look scary because as you said, like I've sort of bought up the height. Um, I've had to do a lot more renovations than I ever thought I would need to. So you start thinking, oh my God, did I make a massive mistake? And I think I made some good options, good choices I bought on one of the big three lakes so I know in Muskoka so I know you know even if it softens now it's going to bounce back eventually um and I know that the rentals have always been really strong there but then you start to get really creative and when you're in a downturn that is your opportunity to really build your business and become the best like anyone can do this business when the the things are going really well. The people that are going to be excellent at this business do it during, figure out how to, how to make it thrive during a downtime. So to me, it's going to become my effort in branding is going to have to be bigger and better than everybody else. So I'm really going to have to dive into that. I'm going to have to know the Airbnb world better than anybody else. I'm going to have to be, get creative and look at running uh, my own potentially, my, I, if worse comes to worse, I might look at doing my own events at the cottage. Um, you, the creativity of, around how can I make this work regardless of what's going on in the uh, rental world? Do, will licensing happen there? Um, that That creativity is exploding in me right now. And I'm going to end up having to do a bunch of stuff or having to try a bunch of stuff to see what sort of business I'm going to land with. And this, in my opinion, is probably going to be the, the catalyst to a whole new business for me or a whole new way of looking at, um, yeah, it'll be a whole new business, a whole new way of looking at rentals that I've never considered before. But I know it's going to be more than hanging a shingle and saying for rent. Um, but I'm okay with that. And I, I, you know, there's a piece of me that's a little bit excited about the challenge. Like I've been challenged basically redoing a lot of the cottage as it is, as it is. but uh, the creativity and let me see what I can develop here. And maybe get it to a point where I can add it to other cottages, buy more cottages, it could become its own entity in and of itself. And that, that all came about because I was forced in a downturn to make it something bigger and better. And I'm down with that. And again, it's just the perspective that you're taking instead of looking at and, and guiding your perspective 
looking at all the negatives. Oh my God, it's a downturn. Oh my God, less people are going to travel. Oh my God, is this going to work? I'm putting in more money into the renovations. What if I'm not able to rent it? What if the vacancy rates are high? What if I have to drop the price? What if it doesn't cover what, like all of that, you're like, Hey, wait a minute. This is what's happening. Instead of focusing on all the negatives, it's how do I, focusing on the solutions, right? How do I overcome this? How do I make sure I avoid this? How do I, how can I stand out bigger and better over other cottages? How do I get my ratings up? How do I get reviews? How do I get the branding? So just changing the perspective and rising to the occasion saying, this is part of this is part of the journey that I chose to be on. This is part of the growth and the learning. This is part of my personal development and becoming better at my craft. And this is part of the journey, just accepting that this is part of the journey instead of fighting it all the way. Um, I used to say years ago, like you can choose to swim downstream, swim with downstream, going with the flow, or you can swim upstream like the salmon do. They go against the current and mm -hmm. they just tire out and they never make it anywhere. So it's a lot easier when you just roll with it and, uh, and find solutions. So you can have, uh, excuses or results. You can't have them both. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So when do you anticipate just for all our listeners, we want to stay in your cottage. When are you going to open up this big, bad, beautiful, better than everybody else cottage? I'm hoping I'm going to do a soft launch with friends and family, probably for the first two weeks of August. And then it'll probably be on the market for other people come about mid August. But truth be told, this thing is getting me excited because I'm really focusing. I'm also branding towards couples, reconnecting um, and really setting up a cozy, comfortable place for couples to be together and uh, I, that's my focus is like, I don't know that couples do it enough. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to create that space that couples can just totally enjoy each other's company and cozy, comfortable, lots of little things to do as a couple. Um, that's sort of my focus. So I'm not, I, I, during the summer, I will do families, but big over the, it's a year round cottage. So big over the fall, the winter, sort of the best time to be up there as a couple. Um, I'm really going to be focusing on that crowd. That's amazing. I'm excited mm -hmm. about that actually. And I, th mm -hmm. I think there's not enough of that. And I do agree with you. Right. I think couples right. should be spending more quality time together. We get so wrapped up with life and work and life. And yeah. Work. <laughs> yeah. And I just privacy quieter than a hotel going to a hotel. It'll just be cozy. Right. Mm -hmm. Just the energy up there as well. Um, it's different. It's different than a typical travel. It's, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't even know how to explain it. You won't know until you get there. But it's the energy of the place that will help to reconnect. I'm big That's into awesome. Energy. Yeah. So um, before we wrap up, because just like that, we're out of time. Holy smokes, that went by fast. What do you have to throw out to everybody who might be having some self-doubt and struggling a little bit with um, the challenges that they have and, and staying on task and getting through? So mindset-wise, what's your, what's your last words for people? When the fear sets in 
I needed to sit down and figure out where the fear is coming from. Is this actually fear that is legitimate um, and you can back it up with concrete evidence that the average individual would agree with you, the average senior individual, and connect with people you know that are real estate investors if you're starting to get into that world and get their opinion on what you're looking for. But if they're saying, yeah, I think you've got something good here, then it's internal. And you need to figure out, okay, why am I afraid? What is it? Do I not have enough of a, a backup doll, like a I give it a bad name. Uh, sleep at night. There's another term I use. Sleep at night fun, just in case something goes wrong. Do I, uh, what is it that that is holding me back? Because it's a very personal thing. When, you, when you've got other investors and not people that have no, um, uh, it's not going to impact them whatsoever, whether you do the deal or not. Those are the people you need to ask. But when they're supporting, they're saying, yeah, I think you've got something good here, then, and you're still feeling scared, then it's something within yourself. And those are the times you need to like, okay, I've got check, 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 all these things that the investors are telling me that I need to check. Then at that point, it's like, okay, it's time to take the leap and find that energy within yourself because, and find what it is that it's, that's holding you back and start those mantras that you're going to be okay. You're going to figure it out. You've built enough of a network around you so that if something goes wrong, it's a phone call or two to figure out a possible solution. And when you've built your network big enough um, with strong enough people that have enough experience there's rarely a situation that you'll come across that someone hasn't had some sort of experience with and can give you some sort of guidance. And I find that was the one thing about real estate investing that I was amazed with is that um, people are so um, open with support and helping you get through people. I find that real estate investors are very wanting to see more they're not competitors they're they're colleagues trying to help you get to where you're going to go because at when you work as a team even though you're not working on the same deals you still are building together and you still have that support system so they become so important they don't see you as competition so much as part of your team and when you have a great team like that that you can go to to support you always have that to fall back on in terms of solutions. Now, yes, you'll have to be the one to execute, but then you learn and you learn and you grow. And, and when you decide you're going to figure it out one way or another, you have nothing to be concerned about. Like, soon, you, yeah, you're going to come across things you can't de- hadn't anticipated, but you'll figure it out. And the more you figure it out, the easier it gets. And then you'll get bored on those and you'll want to try something more challenging Um, And so it can get addictive, but it's all about making sure that A, you find out where's the fear coming from and B, making sure you have a great network of people that are able to support in a time of uncertainty, just to get you back on your feet that, hey, your thinking here is wrong. You're, You're focused on the negative. Look at all the potential opportunities that you might be missing out on by not taking this deal. 
So having that support network. And if you don't want to do it alone, like there's still fear, then bring in somebody with you. Sometimes it's just easier to not go it alone. That's so true. That is so true. And you know what, having a partner always helps keeps things into perspective because when you're on your own, a lot of times it's difficult to keep things in a positive perspective because you're on your own and you're scared to death to make a big mistake. So Susan White Livermore, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show and sharing your expertise and sharing with the world, um, the failures and how to overcome them and how to create a mindset set of steel. So if people wanted to reach out to you and they wanted to connect with you and maybe tap into your experience a little bit, or even work with you mm-hmm. in some capacity, mm-hmm. how would they reach out to you? Uh, you can find me on my website at, at you can email me at, uh, at susan at millionairemom.ca. Uh, my website is millionairemom.ca. You can find me on Facebook at uh, millionaire mom and on Instagram at millionaire.mom.2.0. Awesome. And so guys just go creeper on social media. We'll have all the links in the show notes. So don't worry about if you didn't catch it when she called it out, you can just check the the show notes. It'll be there or just creeper. It's millionaire mom online. You'll find her. She's all over the place guys. Thank you for coming back and listening to our show week after week. Susan, thank you so much for sharing. I do appreciate you for coming and uh, look forward to when we connect again up North soon. I'm very excited about that. And in the interim to everybody who's out there, keep your chin up and build those nerves of steel. This is Danielle signing off for the Let's Get Real Estate podcast. This is where real people are doing real estate. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast and congratulations on improving your education real estate. Please leave a review only if you felt we provided value as it would really help us if you would leave a five-star review so that we can help reach a broader audience. And don't forget to comment what you enjoyed and tell us what you're looking to learn more about. As always, thanks for your support and we'll see you on the next episode.